your host, Will Strayhorn. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my God, it's finally here. The day has finally come. Ever since I agreed to do this show a couple of months ago, very little else has occupied my mind. Um, when I first shared the idea with friends and family, of course, because of who, uh, what my profession is, I'm an award-winning hair and makeup artist, a style coach, and a speaker. Most people just assume that the show would be about fashion topics, hair, beauty. Not so. I'm doing this show pretty much as an opportunity and an outlet to discuss my other interests. Um, I like to tell people I'm, I'm a lot more than lipstick and hair color. I want it to basically be a show just as if it was a group of friends who met for dinner and an interesting topic came up, or perhaps if you're at the fence with your neighbor and you're talking about what you just saw on the news. I want it to basically be real people, real topics, real talk. Today's show is all about passion and purpose because really that's where it began. Um, what does it mean to find your passion? What does it mean to live your life on purpose? The meaning of life, why are we here? What is life all about, and what is the purpose of our existence? This has been the subject of award-winning movies, books, philosophical, and theological speculation throughout the history. And coming up after this break, um, a good friend, life coach Tracy Mack, is here to give us insight on what it really means and how we can live our life on purpose, what it means to find our passion. You're listening to Let's Face It. I'm Will Strayhorn, your host and you're listening on the Survival Radio Network. Stay tuned. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Ultimate Business Solutions provides the support you need to increase your customer base and sell more products and services online. Specializing in graphic arts, web development, and internet marketing, Ultimate Business Solutions creates the face of your business. If you're looking for a custom logo, dynamic website, or popping marketing material, call Ultimate Business Solutions today at 404-704-2197 or visit www.ultimatebiz.com. Solutions.com. Ultimate Business Solutions. Let us create your future. Are you looking for a reputable company that offers human resource consulting services, workshops, and speakers for individuals and organizations? Give Miss PDW Enterprises a try. PDW topics cover building your personal brand, job seeker preparation, and business planning workshops. Visit their website at www.misspdwenterprises.com or give them a call at 678-360-4112. Miss PDW Enterprises, LLC, where engagement is key. Be sure to let them know SRN sent you. You feel petrified. You're struggling with your mortgage payments, not knowing what to do. You do nothing. But if you do something you're far more likely to get the most positive outcome. Making Home Affordable is a free government program. Call 888-995-HOPE to talk one-on-one -on -one with a housing expert about your options. Call 888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face 
I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. First up in the studio, we have Tracy Mack. It's a young lady I met uh, last month, actually. She is out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Tracy Mack is the owner of Tracy Mack Coaching Services. She is the author of the Book of Purpose, the U Testament, and she actually is a native of right here, Portsmouth, Virginia, as I said, now resides in Raleigh, North Carolina. And for the past 10 years, she has helped companies, men and women, become more fulfilled and successful through spiritual awareness, self-discovery, and personal development. Tracy Mack, welcome to the show. How are you? I am well, Will. Thank you for having me on. Thank you first for being my very first guest. You know how excited I've been about getting the show together. We've talked a couple of times. Um, you actually consulted with me um, last month when we first met, and I knew you would be the perfect person for this first show. Um, I just want to start by asking you, how did you get into life coaching? Was there some life well, event that caused you to go into it? What inspired you? Yes, I was inspired by my, my own ruts that I had gotten into. I didn't really have people who I felt comfortable to reach me out. I didn't feel comfortable reaching out to those that were around me. Um, but I got into life coaching when I was in Okinawa, Japan. My husband was stationed there. And I knew that there was a way I wanted to help people. But I didn't want to take the, the therapy or the counseling route because to me, from my experience, that seemed more like the archaeology of digging, you know, into people's lives, what happened, what went wrong, and getting to the root of history. Versus coaching, I found out, was more like architecture, where you know what happened, but now what? What can we do about it? And I wanted to be on that side of progress to help people become more fulfilled. So as a coach, self-discovery being my niche, I wanted to help people uh, live better lives and have more experiences through purpose, mission, and passion. Oh, okay. So in your experience, usually what motivates a person to, let's say, seek your expertise? Tracy, I think we've lost Tracy. No, I'm here. You you faded out for just a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, in your experience, what usually motivates you um, to, to for a person to seek your expertise and helping them with their lives? What's the usual event that's going on that most people seek your help? Most people are experiencing transition. Most people are experiencing what I call they're sick, S-I-C, a spiritual identity crisis where they're having their human experience, but it's not fulfilled. They don't feel fulfilled enough that they know that there is more to life than their current experience, or they are, are leaders and they have a place of emptiness, or they don't really have someone to talk to, or have gone through several different forms of transitions, which we all experience. But that's usually that leader, that business owner, uh, that change agent that doesn't really have uh, an outlet for uh, personal decision-making, and also that person that just wants to know who am I and why am I here, that person looking for a, a sense of purpose and um, aren't sure quite how to get it. Okay. So let's just get right down to it. Now, when I called you last month, I was pretty much in a state of confusion. Um, I expressed to you that some things were going on in my life, a lot of things that I had been praying for were finally mm -hmm. taking off, and I basically didn't know how to handle it. Um, all I knew that God was pulling me in a different direction. I love what I do. I love the hair. I love the makeup. I love my clients. 
I always felt like there was more that I should be doing. So mm-hmm. purpose, what, is, what does all this mean? What does it mean to live a life with purpose, and what does passion have to do with it? A lot. I'm so glad you asked the question. First of all, we have to look at we hear the word purpose so much in media, and it's even right. become buzzwords and promotional words, and it's kind of watered down the significance because people are so drawn to the word because what we're really looking for, we have an innate longing. Where do I fit in? What is my part? Where do I belong? And we can describe purpose many different ways, and I know a lot of times people describe it as what they do, and that's fine. But, Will, I'm going to tell you, I needed more than that because it came a time in my life where I knew I was more than what I did, and I wasn't satisfied with that being the definition of purpose for me. So as I began to break down the words purpose, mission, and passion, there were buzzwords going on back then in 2000 and uh, destiny and vision, and but it was always related to just my church activity. And I needed to know more about what purpose was, and I knew that purpose wasn't just my occupation. It couldn't be. Purpose could not be what other people had control over. And so I began to just seek my life for my life, And I got down to some places. When I was 18 years old, I posed those questions. Who am I and why am I here? And the answers just bounced around in my head for years like a tennis match. It was just rough. finally came to the conclusion that I had to be more than just my name. I had to be more than my occupation. So what was my spiritual identity? Why did God create me? Who did he create me to be in the earth? And that is how I define purpose is who am I, and then my mission is why I'm here. And then I do so, that and celebrate that with passion. So I'm sure you'll agree a lot of people go through life being defined by what they do. They say they have the job, they have the house with the picket fence, um, and they do such and such. Everything is about what they do, and they really never connect with that inner being and, uh, and who they were meant to be. Would mm-hmm. you say that? Correct. Absolutely, and that's why we have burnt out. Where people get burned out, people don't have a exactly. sense of fulfillment because they are going because or they're let, letting the job or the situation define them. And God created us to be much more than a position title, and we get layered with labels. Where, uh, like you said, makeup artist, uh, I'm right. a coach, um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, and those are the labels. And we get lost sometimes under label layering because we lose our identity in titles, and we're defined by what other people say we are, and we never discover the root of our very being, the essence, those God attributes that we are here to be. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I called you last month, I told you um, that I was going through this change. I felt this spiritual um, rejuvenation within me, and I still really have no clue as to what in the world I'm here to do. I know I enjoy um, making people beautiful. I thought that was my purpose, but I still have a certain bit of emptiness inside. There's a yearning for more. Um, So I'm still on this journey. Um, Do you think it is possible um, to live this life and be happy without really operating within your purpose? You can, but you're just existing. And your happiness is you're, you're, you're just existing and not living. You're you're kind of robotically going through the motions, going through checking all the boxes of societal expectations. But when you live in purpose, there's a thriving. 
you have in your life, the benefits of purpose, the cause of reality. You change the world. You become a change agent just by your presence. You uh, have so many more um, areas to enjoy when you're alive. You know, I don't know how many listeners we have. Um, my faith is Christianity. When Jesus said, I came to give you life in John 10:10, 10, 10, and life more abundantly, he didn't define at that moment what that abundant life was. And I believe we have the ability through purpose to set our own definition because abundant life, to me, equals our definition of success. So when we walk in a sense of purpose, we begin to understand we matter. We are heard. We know where we belong. We flow out of a stream of life, and we have a consistent overflow. So defining purpose and living purpose adds a tremendous value and to the part we play in the world and the mark we lead. But it also the day-to-day, it's not just about the overall picture, but the, the day-to-day fuel of why we get up, why we function, how excellent we behave. So purpose pulls all of those positive and powerful attributes into our day-to-day life. Okay. Okay. So when you talked about um, passions, I know T.J. Jakes once said that if you cannot figure out your purpose, Figure out your passion because your mm-hmm. passion will lead you right into your purpose. So how do I know what I really love to do? Like I say, I love to do hair. I love to do makeup. But I'm sure God didn't put me on earth to put eyelashes on. He didn't put mm-hmm. me on earth to do people's hair. It has to be more. How do you know when your what you love to do is different than your passion for something to help you determine what your purpose is? Well, first of all, like I said, I define purpose as your spiritual identity. Um, A friend of mine, uh, Coach Cherie Walston, she uh, defined it one time as your DNA, your divine natural ability or your divine natural attributes. So, yes, you can put eyelashes on and you can be the best person in the world to do it, and that would be your mission. But what are those identifiable attributes that you bring to everything you do? So take, for instance, you're putting eyelashes on. You're doing hair. What are those people experiencing with you other than just the process of your mission? What, uh-huh. are, what are you bringing to their lives? What energy um, are you bringing to their lives? So that way, no matter if you're putting eyelashes on, teaching a class on an airplane, uh, talking to your friends, no matter what you're doing, your purpose exists throughout your entire life. It does not change. As a matter of fact, it's with you always. It's how we identify and set ourselves apart. But if you're doing your job and you're doing well, and it does not mean, I know a lot of times people think that in, in self-discovery or purpose, that that means you have to quit your job. I get that question all the time. Tracy, if I discover my purpose, does that mean I have to quit my job? Now, well, we all should be thinking like an entrepreneur, but right. it does not mean we have to quit or because entrepreneur just means to manage or have an enterprise where you take risks and initiatives to make profit. So we all should be thinking that way. But if you are looking for fulfillment, a task is not going to fulfill you. It's going to take knowing your spiritual identity. Let me give an example. I'm a coach. I'm a mom. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. Changed over the years. But my purpose is to be peace, abundance, laughter, joy, intelligence, and excellence. I do that no matter if I'm coaching or cooking. I bring that into every atmosphere I show up in. Another example, I know we all, we, we those of you who may be listening, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not a preacher by far, but my, I know my foundation. And even when Thomas asked Jesus, he said, who are you? 
Jesus didn't say his name. He said, I'm the way and truth and the life. Jesus named his purpose. So he right. even knew that he was beyond the function of a great teacher. He knew he was beyond uh, even the work of the cross. He knew who he came here to be. So we have our examples of being whatever God has created you to be. Then you incorporate that into what you are here to do. So you're fulfilled no matter what you're doing because your purpose is that bedrock, and that doesn't change. Oh, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. So I think a lot of people, would you agree that a lot of people go through life, just as I was for 43 years, um, it wasn't until probably around the age of 40 where I, I felt like a paradigm shift was going on, and I, I started to yearn something more. And um, when I was searching, I was searching for something real big and marvelous. I thought maybe I was invented to, to, to solve world peace or some great big feat. So your purpose really could be just to make people feel better. It, it could be, but I, I don't believe that purpose is, is that flat. I believe purpose is layered. I believe purpose empowers you to, to yes, to make someone feel better, but it's all going to, it has to empower you to make money. How else are we going to live? It empowers you to be visible. It empowers you to get your message out. It empowers you to connect to people, whether it be for them to help strengthen your weaknesses or vice versa. Purpose is a layering, and it's a process. A lot of times we may see someone and see what they're doing and, and say, I want my purpose to look like that. And a lot of times we want to, we want to live life like it's golden, golden, but we don't want to do the mining and the panning. Well, purpose, to me, leads you to those treasures that are within you so you can accomplish your mission. So when you had that point in your life when you were trying to discover, okay, what is this big thing? You are a big thing already. Mm, Where do okay. I? Fit this big thing. Who needs me? Who do I need? How does it function? And like I said to the listeners, and it's all about okay, how can I be? How is this productive? How can it make me money? How can it make me fulfilled? How can it help my family? How can it help my situation? So, do you also believe that everything that we encounter in life, um, our good times, our ups, our downs, um, prepares us for absolutely? Our Absolutely. I believe every experience we've ever had is a tool in the pocket of purpose. Every experience. We can they can be perceived as bad, but we learn. We learn from every experience we have. Some of the some of my what I would say would be my perceived worst experience are the best tools I use to help my clients. I spent my whole life in church and I have no um I, I appreciate that. But I was going through a rut. I was going to work, going to church, coming home, going to work, and I was feeling so empty. And I, my thoughts were wearing a ball pattern in my mind. And I said, it's got to be more than this. It's got to be another way that I can serve and be fulfilled. Who did God create me to be? And, Will, we don't have a problem saying God operates. He helps us. He works through us. He um, helps us. He shows us. But how do we behave when we say God operates as us? Now, that's an empowering thing, that when you show up to put eyelashes on somebody or you show up to do hair, that's God showing up to do that job. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So and it doesn't take anything away from big G for you to behave as little G on purpose. Okay. So in the next few weeks, what would you advise someone who's just starting this journey? 
what would you first advise someone to do to bring more joy, passion, and purpose to their life who has no clue of where to begin? I'll tell you for myself, um, and I'm going to announce it later on in the show, uh, we're going to have a book club, and we're going to revisit um, Rick Warren's Purpose-Driven Life, um, his mm-hmm. expanded vision with the What on the Earth Am I Here For? Um, and we're going to do the 40-day 40, 40 spiritual journey, basically to revisit the idea of finding out what, what your purpose is. What would you suggest someone does over the next three weeks to impart on that journey, basically, of self-discovery and trying to figure out, you know, why am I here? First of all, and that's an excellent book. I read Rick's book. Um, that's an excellent uh, place to start, especially as a group for conversation. But mm-hmm. the first thing that someone can do tonight, right now, is first of all to discover your purpose if you're not willing to be, become, and do what it says. There's no need to just, to just pick around it. There's no need to discover because what will happen is when when you ask God for something and you uh, expect an answer, you're going to get it. So there's no need to get the answer and not do what you need to do, that, to get the answer and not implement. Because when you do it, you turn a dream into a living nightmare because these thoughts and, and goals and things start running around in your mind, and when you're not implementing them, you become frustrated and frustrate oh everything God. around you. You hit it. So, you hit it right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You hit it right there. And, and I was going to ask you because do you think – um, a lot of people miss their call, they miss their mark, um, and fulfilling the purpose is out of fear? To, to a great degree, but I think a lot of people miss their calling because they're waiting to be called instead of coming. I don't oh. think when God calls us, it's for us to go, it's for us to come. So I come from the old school. I, w- I was uh, born in Portsmouth, uh, spent most of my life in North Carolina, but I was uh, born in Portsmouth. My grandmother lived on Magnolia Street. And one thing she would say is get somewhere and sit down. Not sit yeah. down, but sit down. And that's what we need to do in life. And that's a perfect place to start. Um, I think it's Wayne Dyer that says um, a sigh is the quickest meditation you can do. And I will tell you that getting somewhere to sit down, to cancel out some of the noise. We have TV inundating us, radio, fashion, um, what, no matter, sports. Oh, we're just watching football tonight inundating us with so many visual pictures and so many sounds that sometimes getting weird and sitting down and be still and not being distracted. And I will say this, one of the ways to discover what purpose is is to get over some of the hindrances. I wrote a book called The Book of Purpose, The U Testament, listing some of the hindrances. Um, It's eight of them, but four that really got me was self-disobedience. When I heard what my purpose was and my mission was, it took me time to obey myself. I just cast my own voice out of my head. You know, I would say, Tracy, you need to so-and-so-and-so. And And that, one of the other hindrances was tradition. I was so caught up in tradition, I couldn't even figure out what not to do. I was so caught up in my mundane, I felt guilty for just doing something different, you know. And my beliefs, some of the beliefs that I had been taught, I didn't believe myself to the point where my beliefs didn't even believe me. And then the main thing I'm a little lost on that. Can you? Can you clarify a little bit more on the tradition? I'm a little yeah. lost on that. When you have you said tradition? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. When we do things, sometimes we do things real and we don't even know why we do them. Why do we do some of the things we do? We do them because they were passed down from generation to generation. And sometimes we don't allow our traditions to evolve. Doesn't mean we have to cast them aside, but do we still have to do it this way? 
And okay. one of the main, you know, we, 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 we evolve with everything else. We're not wearing the same style shoes we were wearing. I mean, I know style come back, but we're not wearing the same style we were wearing years ago. We're not, um, we have computers now. We have smartphones now. We allow all of our external accoutrements to evolve, and we don't allow our minds to evolve. So that's what that getting somewhere and sit down will, will do. And then build relationships with people who are doing some of the things you, even if you think you want to do it. Connect with some of those people. But one of the main hindrances of self-discovery and, and discovering your purpose is procrastination, putting it off. We get a, a, a disease I call, yeah, yeah, I do, untilitis. I wait until I get married, until I get a different job, until I get a new man, until I, and we die daily killing ourselves on untilitis. And so when you're seeking purpose, self-discovery, mission, and passion, there's no need to go down this beautiful journey if you're not willing to sacrifice everything to enjoy the ride. And, and as you just said, journey. So it's not really something that's going to, you're going to learn overnight. No, no one is really born knowing exactly what their their purpose is. It's actually, like you said, it's a self-discovery. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. Um, like I said, I've taken this journey for the past couple years. And before mm-hmm. then, I thought my life was, um, I was happy when I bought a new car. I was happy when I bought a new designer label. But those those things that brought me happiness, they were temporary. Like I said, exactly. after that wore off or after it was old, you know, it was something else that I needed in order to be happy. So um, exactly. now I'm on the journey, um, going towards this sustaining what my purpose is. That's really what I'm longing for right now. So, like you said, I think a lot of people get caught up on things that are going to bring them happiness mm-hmm. instead of searching within themselves. That's um, so true. And, you know, Will, the, the farthest journey is the one we take within. We'll reach for a designer bag. We'll reach for the next trip. We'll reach for the next promotion. And we just avoid the, the farthest journey some of us take is within, and it's actually the shortest. Because purpose is not something you're going to discover outside of yourself. It's a treasure right. already within. When you get a treasure map, the treasure is already there. Mm-hmm. It's already there. And sometimes you need help, and that would be the other thing. Um, and I don't mean help. Some people think help is taboo. But I believe if you can if you can accomplish your, do your purpose and discover it and accomplish your mission on your own, your dream is already too small. Mm, okay. So and your help is so big that it baffles you. Pretty much yeah, it scares the hell out of you. It has to. It, exactly. 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 Okay, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, so Tracy, if someone wants to get more information from you, how can they contact you? Now, on our website is all your contact information. Um, But how can they reach out to you? Because I know you have a couple events coming up that I'd like you to share with our audience. But how can they get in contact with you? They can go to my website, lifecoachtracymack.com. That's a one-stop shop. Um, I I do have something for your listeners if I can offer it to them. Yes, you can, absolutely. Okay, coming up on October 5th, um, I will be conducting a teleclass uh, because now uh, distance is, is not a barrier. Uh, and I do have, it's a value uh, for your listeners tonight. Um, if they would go to my website, there's an Eventbrite link, and I will um, also post it in the book announcement uh, where they can go. And we're going to be talking more in depth because uh, this short amount of time is not quite enough. And uh, But we'll be talking about, so now what? What do I do? What does it mean uh, with my purpose? How, how can it serve me? What about my job? And all those questions 
that tend to populate. Also, I will be in Havelock, North Carolina on the 13th of September, for those of you that may be in the eastern North Carolina area. And so I invite you to to join us on another Empowered by Purpose event. And um, I have a book, The Book of Purpose, The U Testament. So many of us know uh, our sacred text. We know the Old and the, and the New Testament. But what? how do you incorporate your life into that? What do those words mean to you? And what is your sacred text? What are those beautiful things that God is saying to you in your life? So, um that's also available uh, on my website. So if you listen, go to Life Coach Tracy Mack. That's T-R-A-C-Y-M-A-C. And you can connect with me on Facebook as well. And I am Tracy Mack. Awesome. So if I gave you just one minute to summarize pretty much your 10 years of doing this as a life coach, um, you also help businesses, right? I believe yes. in your value. You have to. Okay, tell us a little bit about that before we before we say bye. A lot of times with businesses, Pete, we have employees that need a morale boosting. Uh, sometimes employees are kind of out of place. They they may be in a certain uh, accomplishing a certain task, um, but they can do something else a little better in accordance with purpose and mission. Sometimes there's conflict resolution or team development uh, that I do and I handle. So that's how I operate on the corporate level, um, and also churches. Um, I do workshops, um, women's groups. Um, meetings, uh, teens, college students. I really love to get college students because at that point they're where they're embarking upon uh, things in life, and if they align their purpose uh, with their educational pursuits, they tend to make better career choices. And um, so that's what uh, how I serve um, that area in that area. And like I said, leaders. A lot of my clients, individual, are leaders, business owners, pastors. Uh, the savvy spiritual leaders that just need a, a confidant, someone to help them mastermind personal decisions. Um, so uh, that's that's who I am to, to some degree in what I do. But I'd be so grateful uh, for people that would like to have a consultation. I do consultations uh, free of charge, and I would be lo- like to talk to them more about their purpose and self-discovery. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to say to my listeners before we say bye? Yeah. Yes, I would. First of all, Will, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I want to say it is so empowering to live on purpose. And sometimes you don't have support, but I'll tell you, if you're living on purpose and accomplishing a mission, support is a benefit, not something you have to have. It's sweeter. But no one is required to support you but you. Purpose makes you attractive. Uh, I tell everybody purpose is the new sexy. Um, It (laughs) magnetizes people to you. I mean, I'm living proof. I mean, look at the connection we've made because yeah. I'm living on purpose and you're living on purpose. We came together to support one another. Your debut, and I'm so proud and happy for you. And um, I'm able to speak to your audience. So it's amazing, and I'm grateful for the opportunity and the chance to live on purpose. It's nothing like it. It's a high that sustains, and it's a consistent place that you just feel like you know what you're here to do and what you're here to be, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Well, Tracy, I want to thank you for, number one, being the very first guest on the show and for sharing with us this evening. You are now an official friend to the show, and I'm sure that you're going to be back a couple times to help me with this because this is going to be an ongoing series. I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Will, for the opportunity. And, audience, thank you for listening so much. I'm Tracy Mack. Peace. Okay. Coming up next, he's been named one of the most highly visible scholars in this field by the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education. When we return, Dr. Terrell Strayhorn, professor, author, 
minister, speaker, and, oh, yeah, he's my little brother. We'll be back with him shortly. You're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. We'll be right back. Today might be the day I drop out of school, but you might be able to stop me. With United Way, you could tutor me, be my mentor, or volunteer to just read with me. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. Make me a success, not a statistic. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a day. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Now we can make it better now. Come on, can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. We roll it up. Cause we know how to jump. We roll it out. We roll it out. We know how to we'll cut it down. We'll cut it down. We know what to eat. We'll swap it out. Moving a little and eating better every day can help make you and your kids healthier. Search We Can online to find doable tips and activities that you can use every day. That's We Can, a message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. My next guest has been named one of the most highly visible scholars in his field by the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education. Um, he's the winner of countless awards, including the Emerging Scholar Award by the ACPA. That's just to name a few. Um, he broke record by earning college tenure in just three years when the average is six years, making him a tenure professor by the age 30. He is the youngest full professor at the Ohio State University. He's the first African-American to be named director of his own center at The Ohio State University. He's the author of eight books, an ordained minister in the Church of God in Christ. He is a current law student and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome, as I introduce to some and present to others, Dr. Terrell Strayhorn. Welcome to the show, Terrell. Hello, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Oh, 
this is really uh, a wonderful moment for me because I don't think I've ever told you that you have really inspired me in my own career. I don't want to get teary here, <clears throat> but you have really inspired me in my own career to do greater for quite a few years. I was just behind the chair, but it is really impossible to have a front row seat to your life and see all that you are, are enabled to accomplish just by being you. Um, it's just like every week you're telling me something new that you're accomplishing, and it pushes me to do greater. So I just want to thank you, number one, for being such an inspiration. I know that I have oh, not always you. been the greatest role model for you, but you have always, always, always been the best role model for me. <clears throat> We're going to go well, on. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> your resume reads more astounding, really, than any person that, that has been in their career for about 50 years. I have to tell you that. Um, <laughs> yet, you have only been in your field for nine years, and you've achieved right. so much. So what's your magic formula for success? You know, I think my magic formula for success, if there is a magic formula, is first of all to uh, always do good work. That's what I tell my students, that a lot of people um, that I know spend a lot of time trying to find their passion, what it is that really fuels them. And I've been fortunate that somehow I stumbled into it early on, and I know this is the kind of work that's made for me, and I recognize that everybody is not going to enjoy the work that I do the way that I do it. And that's why they have their own vocation or their own passion. But um, I think that the secret form is to find your passion, find it. Once you find it, stick with it and throw all of your time, energy, and effort into it and strive to always do good work. And uh, if you use those ingredients, I think you're going to meet with success in very early hours. Okay. So I know growing up, me, you, we have a beautiful sister, Kim, um, we used to always play. I thought actually that you were going to be a doctor. When did you decide that this was indeed the path that you were going to take? Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember, we used to always play school too. And I played school much longer than you and Kim because I think mm-hmm. I always sort of knew that I had a special calling or a special connection to um, teaching and education. I, I like the art of instruction. I like imparting knowledge to others. I get to do that in so many different areas of my life, but I didn't actually realize I wanted to be a university professor until I was in my doctoral program. So in some instance, people might say um, that that was rather late, which I think is often the inspiration for those who feel like they're still struggling to find their passion. It's never too late. You can find it once you reach it. And for me, it was during my doctoral studies with my advisor. Um, I remember clear as day, one Wednesday morning, he took out his cell phone and said, Um, you know, let me show you what a week looks like for me. And he walked me from Monday to Friday, and I thought, wow, that's so exciting that you don't just stay in the classroom and teach, but you travel and you do other kinds of activities. And once I got a peek into his life, I thought, that's the kind of life for me. So at that point, I took a strong pivot in my um, goals and aspirations. I thought I wanted to be a doctor at one point. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer at another point. And then I thought I might go and do research in Washington, D.C. for one of the national agencies. But once I found that fit as a professor, I took a strong turn toward that goal and then threw all of my energy toward it. So I would say it was in my doctoral program uh, about my first year that I really said, you know what, um, university teaching is for me and university uh, research because I had taught in the K-12 system and I love instruction. I love education, but um, my gift was not with working with little people. And 
Um, you have to have a sort of unique set of skills in order to work in public school systems. I think I really wanted an opportunity to take my work, what I do in the classroom, and reach broader audiences across the nation. And that's not exactly what you do as a K-12 teacher. But as a university professor, I realized you had the platform for doing so. Okay. In doing my research, I was reading up on you, and I saw in your interview that you had made the um, – you, you were quoted saying that a sense of belonging is a basic human need in the success of college students. Can you explain that? Right. So in 2012, I wrote a book called College Student Sense of Belonging. It was after several years of research I had done with my students at The Ohio State University, um, trying to understand why some students succeed and why others do not, especially historically underrepresented students like racial and ethnic minorities. And certainly we learned that, you know, those who had the academic preparation fared better in college than those that did not. Those who have the financial resources also do well. But there was this unique sort of thread through all of those studies where I found that students who felt like they fit in, they belonged, they were accepted, um, someone cared about them, felt stuck to the campus, they felt acclimated, um, a member of the campus. And as a result, when it came, when they faced difficulty, they weren't willing to leave the college or leave the university because they said, oh, no, I have friends here or faculty who care about me. I feel like I belong. So they were more willing to thrive and persist. And so that book um, was written in 2012. It's been – I've had a lot of opportunities. In fact, this coming week, Thursday and Friday, I'll be in Missouri speaking with some of those folks who, um, unfortunately, down in Ferguson, Missouri, who dealt with the Michael Brown situation, talking about what we can do in education to heal that community. And then I'll move over to the University of Kansas about um, college students' sense of belonging and how faculty members. I think Terrell's dropped. We'll wait for him to call back in. Okay. We're speaking with Terrell Strayhorn from the Ohio State University, just sharing what his passion is about, and he'll be calling in just a few seconds. Um, we're having an awesome show. Um, waiting for him to call back in, explain, explaining to us about his study. Um, he is a research professor at Ohio State University, and he's talking about basically inclusion and why, how students succeed by feeling a part of the university and some of the things, that the challenges that they run in. And I, when he comes back on the line, I want to discuss with him his schedule because as his brother, I try to get in contact with him. And, of course, he is never, ever in one place um, too long. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, welcome back. Welcome. Thank Terrell. you. <laughs> got dropped. Um, I want to move on to the next question because you okay. understand that you were going to be in Ferguson, then the next week you were going to be in, I believe, in Oklahoma. Um, I know yes. when I tried to call you, you don't ever call me back because you're too busy. So can you just give I'm gonna, me – I'm going to uh, let you say that on national radio, but go ahead. Remember, I'm still <laughs> your big brother, bro. Okay. <laughs> so give us an inside glimpse. What does a typical month look like with you? I know you're a professor, you're a speaker, you're a minister, you're also a law student right now. Um, what does your month look like on average? Okay, a typical month um, is – most people who know me from my family to my colleagues or my uh, coworkers and my staff in the Center for Higher Education Enterprise at Ohio State know that um, it's quite busy. So typically this semester I'm on a short-term leave, so I'm not teaching at all, but uh, usually I'm teaching on either Monday or Wednesday, 
during the day, I teach a course to graduate students enrolled in the College of Education and Human Ecology or those across the campus. Um, and on average, I spend two to three days a week traveling. So I would say in any given month, there are about six to seven trips where I go to universities or organizations, conferences across the country and speak. Um, so it's a, it's a hectic schedule. I spend usually two to three days at home in the day that I teach, and then I spend the other two or three days of the week uh, traveling. But as you mentioned in my bio, I'm an ordained elder in the Church of God in Christ, so it's very important to me and all of my staff know that I do not travel on Sundays, not during the morning, because Sunday morning I'm at my local church serving my pastor, Jerry Revish, um, in the Ohio Central East jurisdiction. So I think I do that. Then I use my evenings um, as much as I can to try to get through my law school assignments and attend class. So I would say on a given week, um, I don't have days where I do nothing, but I usually spend about a day teaching, a day doing research and writing, working with my staff in the center, and then the rest of the week um, is a balance of law school classes plus the public speaking across the country. And any random month, I would estimate I spend at least half of it. Ever have a chance to have fun? Oh, I, I have a, I have fun every day I wake up. I love what I do. I, I go into the center, and I'm having fun. Uh, you know, when I go to Missouri this week, I'm going to have a blast. I can't wait to get there. I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk with a uh, um, community that has been devastated by the blows of racism and injustice, and I get the opportunity to lift their spirits through research and writing, but in a way that will captivate through stories and, in the end, leave things better than they were before. And then to wake up Friday morning and go to Kansas, University of Kansas, and talk about belonging so that ultimately one day some young person, hopefully an African-American, Latino, Native American student, will be more successful. You know, who could ask for anything more? You're right. Um, we just had a caller um, chat and, and ask me to ask you about this center. I know a couple of months ago you were um, you spoke at the NAACP, and I introduced you. At that time, you were being honored. You were the first African American at the Ohio State to be named director of um, your own center. I know since then you have a new position. Can you tell me a little bit about both, very briefly? Yes. So I once was director of the Center for Ideas. I was the first African-American to found a center uh, there at Ohio State within the College of Education and Human Ecology, and we did good work focusing on issues of uh, equity and diversity in education. And after a strong year of good work, an opportunity opened up to lead the Center for Higher Education Enterprise. We call it CHI at Ohio State. This is a center that the former President Emeritus uh, Gordon Gee founded, uh, $3 million center, and they have uh, appointed me as director. We're doing good work. It's just a broader platform, a university-level center to continue doing the good work we've been doing, looking at issues of student success and um, excellence in higher education. Okay. Um, 
so it, I, I'm not sure if I listened to Tracy Max was my first guest, and she was talking about passion. And walking in your purpose um, basically brings a great amount of joy. When have you most been satisfied with your life? I know you have a lot going on. You've experienced a lot. You've only been in your career for nine years. You are well under 40 years old. Um, when have you most been satisfied with your life? You know, there have been several moments that I've been most satisfied with my life. I think, um, you know, I have had a lot of moments recently where people have come out of town to visit me or they've been in my house and they make really interesting observations, things like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm usually always in a good mood or I have a sort of routine to my morning. I wake up singing and I have coffee and a lot of them say that they're really surprised because when you see me, you know, on the circuit at a, a conference speaking or somewhere else, you would assume that I'm, I don't have that kind of balance to my life. I don't have that kind of um, way to unwind, but I do. And so I'm quite satisfied with my life and the success I've, I've been able to achieve to this point. But there have been some per- pretty provocative moments. I think um, it's really always – memorable to me when my kids, my daughter Aaliyah, my son Tion, um, come to me and, and tell me they're so proud of me and the success I've made um, so far. And I think that they took great pride in my promotion to full professor. They took great pride in my appointment as director of Chi. And when I hear them say that I'm an inspiration to them and that they honestly um, need to do better and work hard because, you know, they're my children and they know how productive I am, those are those moments where I'm really, really satisfied. Um, I think I'm also really satisfied when I look back and think that, uh, you know, I'm fortunate. I, I, I think passion, uh, one of the questions I sort of anticipated being able to ask or think about was, you know, for me, I think passion is a lot of things. But I, when you, people often say when you're able to do something that you would do without pay, then you found your passion. And I think that's, there is some truth to that. But I think the beautiful thing about it is none of us do it without pay. So, I mean, you get paid to do something you're passionate about, something you love. Um, you know, a few weeks ago we were at Circleville Juvenile Detention Center because I'm doing some work looking at what's happening to black men in the criminal justice system right now. And at the end of my talk, about six young black men came up to me and they said, you know what, I've heard a lot of keynote speakers in my entire life. I've never paid attention the way I paid attention today to you. And just the way I was able to connect and engage with them, um, how they opened up to me and talked about their experiences, that to me was one of those moments where I said, you know what, I'm really satisfied with where I am and what I'm allowed to do. Awesome, awesome. Um, we're almost out of time, but I just want to present to you a hypothetical situation. Um, I know you won a lot of awards, but let's just say that you just won the highest award for educators in your field. And as you accept the award, who would you like to thank? Well, you know, what I'll do to answer this question, a few years ago I got the Ash Early Career Award, which was one of those um, high awards. It's not the highest, but it's one that um, – only one person in the country gets it every year. And I remember when I thought about my acceptance speech, you know, you always wonder what would you do with those few minutes you have to speak. And um, I'll tell you, I, I began by first thanking uh, my creator and the animating force of my life, which is God. I moved on to thank our family, my parents, my siblings, you, Kim, 
uh, one who always, I think, and I've dedicated every book prior to her death to her, is our maternal grandmother, Ma, Creola yeah. Warner, because she was such a force. Uh, she was my rock. She was, um, you know, no doubt my motivation for entering the field of education. She made education sexy. And I think um, I would certainly thank her. I would thank Dr. Clark and Aunt Helen for the kind of teaching they gave me and making me ready to embrace audiences on the fly. Uh, And then most importantly, I thank my kids who have just been a wonderful source of support for me throughout the years as well. Many friends uh, have been there as well. I've had been fortunate to have friends like Belinda McFeeters and Tanya Sadler um, who have stuck by my side and really supported me, and they've been selfless in their support of me. So I thank God for that too. Okay. And in closing, I'd like you to finish this sentence, if you will. You, how, I'm asking basically how you would like to be most remembered. So finish the sentence. This is the man who... Left the world a little better than he found it. Oh, wow. Amazing. Terrell, I want to thank you for being my guest and also my brother. You had no choice in that, but I want to thank you for being again (laughs) such a wonderful example. You're a living, breathing, succeeding example of what it really means to live your life with passion and purpose, and I thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. I'm so excited. Congratulations. This is the first of many to come, and wish you the very best. All right. You're listening Love to Let's Face on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. Stay tuned for final remarks. Too many times we find ourselves wearing masks to cover our true selves. Girl in the Glass is an empowerment group that supports you in honoring the person you are meant to be. Go to www.girlintheglass.net and learn to trust, receive, and believe in your ability to live in your truth. Visit www.girlintheglass.net today. Well, this has been an amazing show. Um, if you were like me and you feel the chaos or resistance in your life, like something is missing or there has to be something more, I challenge you this week to take some time to search your inner soul for the path that you need. Like um, my first guest, Tracy Max, said, um, you basically you have everything that you need. You just need to do some soul searching, try to find out what it is that's missing. Like I said, T.D. Jakes once said that if you cannot figure out your purpose, figure out your passion. For your passion will definitely lead you right into your purpose. Um, I want to thank a couple people, everyone who has wished me well and congratulated me on the show. Um, I have a special thanks to Sabrina Winston, Candace Credo, Brad and Sylvia Nelson, Nikki Clark, Bernice Pot Gray, Latrice B. Carter, Laverne Bryant, and Denise and Keitha Whitley. I also want to thank Nikki Curry and Clark Garrison of the Survival Radio Network for this amazing platform. My family, for all your love and support, my parents, my sister, my other relatives. And last but not least, I want to thank Nathan Richfield being absolutely everything. Living on Purpose will, again, be an ongoing series for the show. 
So I want you to go to the website, join our book club, starting September the 22nd. Um, we're going to revisit the sum, and if you're like me, you're going to visit for the first time. Rick Warren's What on Earth Am I Here For? The Purpose Driven Life. And we're going to do a 40-day spiritual journey. And then in November, we're going to have um, facility, facilitators all across the country who are going to come in, and we're going to do a show. We discussed it. During each show, you can also submit your questions and your comments via chat on our website, www.letsfaceitradio.com, for a chance to have your question presented for our guest live. Now, next week, we're having LaVon Holman and Kimberly Pitt, both life coaches and relationship experts. We're going to be talking about how to find Mr. or Ms. Wright for you. Special thanks to my guest tonight, life coach Tracy Mack of Tracy Mack Coaching Services and professor, author, and speaker, Dr. Terrell Strayhorn of the Ohio State University. I am your host, Will Strayhorn. Let's face it, in life you're going to be faced with many choices, but the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time. For listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.